it's weird. Wait. Is it because I'm recording already? I don't think I, mean. I don't. Honey, let us not try to understand technology. I think us solving the mysteries of the cosmos is enough. I'm not solving shit. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay. Turn up a little bit so I can hear you a little bit better. Um, hi. Hi. Um, you look gorgeous. Those earrings are oh, fucking everything. I never wear them because of masks. So like now I can finally wear them. They're so good. Um, they, can I And this you? is like a Mary Magdalene necklace. But I, and it looks just like the earrings. So I'm like, I'm, not, I'm thinking of them as my Mary Magdalene earrings. Um, just send me a link to where you got those so I can copy yeah. them. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> um, can I tell you my favorite word that I heard yesterday? Yeah. Twat waffle. Yeah. Oh, you said. <laughs> is that not fucking, and I'm like. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful, but uh, yeah, like I have it written on the page where I have notes for us today too. So um, I'm just like, yeah, twat waffle. I, I, uh, I'm I a big fan right now. Twat waffle with syrup on top. Yeah. Maybe some butter. Uh, we were talking about Justin Trudeau, if you want to know for real. Like uh, duplicitous candle and twat waffle are my favorite. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've just been reading and listening to all the invasion stuff happening. I have not. And it's also that place of how much do I need to take in? Yeah. Um, This is certainly going to be the first war that we have ever had where it has been this widely uh, televised. True. Yeah, with phones and social media. So I, th- I it's yeah. fascinating to me, but like I felt myself going in there because it feels like the responsible or the the right thing to do is to know and to bear witness. Um, and then my nervous system was like, nah. I don't need this. I don't I, I feel don't. like it's mm. I feel like it's more like a nosiness want to know want to know want to be the first one for me at least that's very my family is very much a, a news family but they aren't were, you also russian jew do i remember that part right actually ukrainian <laughs> i mean so i was i had to look at the history because like i don't know anything about it like whenever any of my people left i think it's probably the same with yours and they were leaving for a reason they did not want to stay where they were so they, you know, my, I know that my, they became citizens when they were like 18, but they came over when they were babies, but they were all from, from Kiev, from, from Kiev. But at the time it was not, uh, it was not officially the Ukraine, yeah, Ukraine. for like a, another couple of years, but, um, but they left before it became the Ukraine. So, um, but there's definitely some messy, ancestral stuff on that side that i've i've come into contact with that i'm like jesus christ Um, kiev always feels like to me it's got big ancient secrets you know it's funny i was trying to like draw down any messages about this from like ancestors and i don't know that i've gotten any answers Uh, the only things i've ever seen have always been horrific in terms of like what my family line has experienced and sort of like that kind of trauma that's been happening. Okay. A lot of really horrible, like 
family members being killed in front of you, thrown into a ditch kind of a thing. So, you know, light stuff. Here's what I want to acknowledge, which is just, uh, this is just my brain who's kind of geeking out on things. I've been saying, um, because we know the Russians were the first ones who stopped Hitler in World War II, right? So to me, that Russian heart and that pride and that strength and that big bear energy that comes in is like, you will not. So I've been calling the Canadians like that same action. The Canadians are doing the same thing of saying like, this must stop. And it's not with violence. It's not with hatred. It's, uh, I've been calling it the, uh, the dad, the dads of Canada movement where they're like, we're going to stop this. Um, so to watch these two, uh, I've, I've connected them at least in my consciousness. So to watch, uh, one of them now in a literal war. It's funny that you said dads, because the whole thing about Russia is mother Russia that's been that's a huge and i think one of the i remember a couple of years ago you helped me get in contact with someone to do depossession work and what was inside of me uh was some kind of dark entity that was legit like mother russia related it was all about mother russia and wouldn't leave did not want to let me go kind of a thing yeah, it was weird. <laughs> that's well, what I'm saying. Like, there's some is. It doesn't super dark stuff on that on that side of my family. I I think I just uh, very very traumatized people coming from a very traumatized place. And I don't know if that's just the Jewish thing. I mean, I think it's definitely Jewish. I think it's definitely like because well, of Jewish because they Russian were Russian. It's I mean, yeah. The uh, I I don't thank you. I minored in Russian studies, so I speak from just like tiny little bit of experience i don't i don't even know that much i Um, mean you know already more than me you were like you were like when russia came in at the end of world war ii i'm like oh yeah (laughs) they were the ones i think it's just always been astounding to me because the russian heart feels so strong and it's Mm -hmm. such um you know there's certainly a pridefulness in it and i think uh thanks and let me speak just like as one who's watching from the outside and doesn't really know shit but the corruption was a necessity it wasn't like a maliciousness when you have a government who's oppressing you the only way that you survive is to like meet those actions with something that is equally um immoral in some ways and destructive and and yeah de- de- degenerative interestingly enough i picked up a book to prop my computer up on because as women over 40 we like those higher angles and I then was I was like, like, hold on. What? what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <It's> like, okay. <laughs> oh, and specifically those higher <laughs> angles. <laughs> Do you know that I colored and cut my own hair recently? Because uh, mm-hmm. the cost of paying someone to do it, I'm like, I can't do that right now. And instead of like feeling, I, I, I cried about it. Let's not lie. But um, you know what I full on did? I full on did a ponytail here. And then a trim that yep. way. Yeah, I did. I did one for my bottom layers and then one for my top I layers. Same thing. I did three. <laughs> but I did the same thing where I was like upside down. But I didn't cut oh, it. Like this. Well. I cut it like that, like they do at the salon. Ooh, I'm so impressed. 
And then I used one of those old shower caps that you like pull the hair through. I don't know if you ever saw that back in the I day. I literally just watched a video doing that the other day. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I did that a couple weeks ago in my big, big death depression where I was just like, it's going to look so bad. And I'm like, wait, we have great fucking hair. We always have great hair. You can't fuck it up. And then I got done and I'm like, you can't even see I did anything. But I was like, so <laughs> in that place of like, I just fucked up my hair. I, can't I would not have been able to, I wouldn't have known if you hadn't told me. I think that's the other thing is like, we know having, like the hair is important. We know, like it's, it's important. I'm on a, yeah, I've just given up at this point, but coming back to the book and I was like, oh, this will be interesting because I have, I have like a Thoth bookmark in it. And I was like, let's see what's on the page that I just put it in. And I'm just going to read something to you because this is a book called Bullshit Jobs. It's because I'm not a reader, I haven't gotten through it, but what I do read, I'm like super excited about it. And my guides are always like, you don't need to read it. Just, you yep. know, use it for, um, scrying. Extract what you need. Yep. Um, so this is what I pulled and I'm just going to read this quote. This is a quote by someone named Bob Black. Um, and I'm assuming it's from a book called <laughs> the abolition of work. The official line is that we all have rights and live in a democracy. Other unfortunates who aren't free, like we are, have to live in police states. These victims obey orders or else, no matter how arbitrary. The authorities keep them under regular surveillance. State bureaucrats control even the smallest details of everyday life. The officials who push them around are answerable only to higher-ups, public or private. Either way, dissent or disobedience are punished. Informers report regularly to the authorities. All this is supposed to be a very bad thing. And so it is, although it is nothing but a description of the modern workplace. Ooh. Boom. Um, it kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I, I, I made a couple of notes. Um, <laughs> But as I was journaling this morning, one of the things that came out, because what you just said ties to it, which is the dissent is punished. And what I've watched is it's not punished just by authority figures. It becomes punishable by society, which has been my experience as an unvaxxed individual in this society. It is punishable. But what came up for me was this place of um, I have. In the past, I was called tactless. People were offended by me. I interpreted that as I became a little bit older as like, I must have Asperger's. Like I say things that are inappropriate and people have a reaction to that. And sitting in that wound a little bit today, I'm like, I speak fucking truth. And I always have, and people don't like it. So I had a dream last night where um, a friend from the past, we had a falling out in the same way. We're like, sure, I said something that was so offensive that like completely severed the relationship. And as I've grown into that part of me i'm like it's kind of my fucking greatest gift too the fact that i speak truth um i'm sorry that it doesn't have a nice filter on it at times but as a kid i was punished for either knowing too much or for saying truth um and not even just as a kid like this went uh even into my adulthood yeah. We're now scared of other people judging or do taking actions against us, which is what we experience with the mask at times of like, well, I don't really feel like I need to wear one. I don't choose to wear one, except I don't want anybody to be offended by me. And I don't want anybody to, like, I'm not here to be hateful in my actions. I'm just making a choice for myself. It's a really complicated moral dilemma right now. 
it's so true because I feel like all of the stuff that's happening right now is triggering, triggering all of that for so many people. And, and I've always been too much. And I know that it's a very popular meme right now. It's like, we can say like, you're not too much, but it's like, I, I've always been too much for people. Um, I don't know that I've always spoken truth. I think that's kind of my goal now. It's what I, I literally identify as my purpose. What was your too much? What were, the, what were the qualifications by which you were told you were too much? I tell people too much. Oh, I open up too much. Overshare. I'm an oversharer. Um, and I, I seeking intimacy, Jen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and we, you and I were talking about, um, love bombing and, and I was like, and I realized that I was like, I'm a friendship bomber. Mm -hmm. And so for me, speaking has always been associated with getting the people around me to accept me and create a safe space. Mm -hmm. And when I was trying to learn a different language in an, in another country, I had difficulty translating what I was saying because I wasn't communicating authentically. I was communicating to elicit some kind of uh, reaction, whether it was to put people at ease, um, to sort of put myself underneath them so that they don't feel uh, insecure around me because I could sense people's insecurity around me and I would immediately try to you know, push myself down um, but there was definitely like, um, that came from that sort of like codependency, like neediness. Like I definitely wanted to control the environment I wanted to control, but the, this feeling kind of what you were talking about just brought me back to this sort of feeling of just complete awkwardness, Aww. complete awkwardness in like saying something that I believed was the absolute wrong thing. Like when I was younger, especially, and kind of witnessing people being like, <laughs> Or like, what, what's wrong with you? You know, like that kind of, I was so scared. And I think I, I kind of waver. Well, I, I think I, I oscillate now between either speaking everything or just shutting the fuck up because I'm too scared to. And I, yeah. And I think it's like, and I realize it's really important that I'm a Gemini with cancer cusp. And I'm, I haven't noticed these, I think since, since you and I have been close and I'm, I'm so like appreciative and, and like understanding of your cancer side, because it is such a big part of who you are and I love it. And I totally accept it. And I'm recognizing those parts are in me as well. Um, so it's either like, I completely shut down or I've just like, I've got nothing to say because I've always want to and this is just kind of like my thing. This is like how my family is. Like, I just want to like make people have like feel good. And like, I want to make people laugh. I mean, that's another thing. And a lot of it, you know, was like kind of, you know, um, using myself as the butt of the joke so that people can be more comfortable because what I want is people to be comfortable. I and, want to go into this love yeah. bombing place because I think uh, it's something that you and I have both talked about privately in this unpacking. And just know I've got some tears over here around. Uh, I know. Because like, it's just, that's the word, right? Like, oh God, um, I Awkward. don't want to offend people. I don't want to upset people. And so I want to, uh, like what I wrote down was love bombing and authentic expression. Like all that we're seeking is to be authentically ourselves. And when we have expressed ourselves and people recoil from it, um, it makes authenticity really hard and complicated and fucking weird, right? Then questioning, was I authentic? Right. 
Was I being manipulative? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Well, and I think in the love bombing, um, the way that I've talked about you privately, and I love that we're have, like expanding it because yeah. there's nothing manipulative in it other than like, I might want my love need to be met. I'd really like you to be my friend because I think you're rad, but am I doing it manipulatively? Absolutely not. I love bomb out of that place of like, oh my God, I see you and you're like me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, and so it's I'm good. so excited. Like I'm literally so excited. So excited. But I've like I've heard other people talk about it how it's actually very selfish because you're you're pushing through people's boundaries and you're kind of flooding your your stuff all over them in that way. And I I understand that. Like I and guess I understand that. Aren't we also in a place where like you have to define that boundary to me? I'm gonna be me as much as I want. If it makes you uncomfortable, yep. fucking let me know and I can back up. I think that's the thing. It's like, I would always assume that people would tell me, but I never told people either because I was too scared. And I think when you were talking about masks, it's like, you know, I grew up as that candy shell, but there wasn't anything inside or at least that part shrunk down so small that the shells kind of just kept being created. And um, based on kind of what I thought the external, what externally people needed. So I had a client I, on the table yeah. the other day and they called it, and, you know, in, in spirituality or in healing, we'll talk, natural healing, we'll talk about like peeling the onion. Uh, but his was actually like a gobstopper <laughs> where it was like this Yum. candy coated shell that yeah. had to be peeled off because none of them were like true healing. They were all just like different so fake faces or different egos or different like... Uh, for the masculine, it was just an interesting witnessing the other day. That's so stop. cool. I, I really love that kind of, that kind of sim symbolism that comes up for, for different people. I'm just like always floored. I think it's well, so beautiful. And I think it's, um, it's why as, uh, God, we're not fucking healers anymore as practitioners. Like what, what do we call ourselves? Yeah, I don't know. Um, as ones who Beings. practice the healing arts. <laughs> oh Yeah facilitators practitioners yeah um the things that we get to witness the context into which we step in sacred space mm -hmm. no soul is ever the same no story is ever the same mm -hmm. so all of the expressions of it all of the understandings like it's so unique and what a gift to be able to um, play in that landscape and hopefully leave something behind that feels better so much fun so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I love the imagery that I get for certain people and how specific it is. And, and, um, it's funny. I, I, the readings I've been doing now, I've totally, I know we've like, I don't know where this plane is going. Um, the readings I've been doing now, <laughs> there's, I don't know how it's coming to be, but there's the first sort of paragraph that I write is a poem, like a, a rhymey, rhymey poem. And I'm not a, poem person and they, but it's like poetry for the person and I'm like I'm not it's so funny because like I hear the word poetry I'm like oh like I, <laughs> I picture like but hey Gemini I'm, like I know words it's so and language works through you really good I know it's like po poetry and like musical theater are things that make me cringe and it's literally has nothing to do with anything other than like style <laughs> don't even know what it is i'm like no i'm really more like into indie rock and like early 90s hip-hop right. <laughs> very really specific punk, 
crunch princess at heart. I, I called myself a punk rock princess for a while in my earlier days because like punk made sense to me. Punk like makes the chaos makes of it and the um you know the real true grunge before grunge became a thing like mm-hmm. yeah I get that I remember when I, I I remember I saw a documentary about the slits and I was so pissed off because slits at all because we we should know the slits but we don't but you know the clash and you know the sex pistols and they wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the slits okay maybe I'm overstepping there but Are the slits women I would hope so okay mm-hmm. great and uh, they never really, I mean, they, they they went as far as they could, but they were all women. And, um, were they London-based? Mm-hmm. And one of my, fr- and the mom of the lead singer married uh, the singer of the Sex Pistols. So he was like her stepfather. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there was like a huge age difference, but, but they were... Like, I was like so angry that I was so obsessed with the clash because boys taught me about the clash. And I was like, the clash, the clash, the clash. They were that like ideal, like coolest, whatever. But then I, then I saw this documentary about the slits and I was like, fuck the clash. I was like, they stole from them. Like, I just, hmm. But there's like, there's no legitimate reason for me to be all like angry, but you got to listen to the slits. Everybody listen to the slits. They're, they're the episode that I made mother to Mm -hmm. the the opening song is a slit song. Um, Which is probably why all my listenership drops off. (laughs) first three minutes of that episode <laughs> anyway but um welcome to my inner workings of my <laughs> um spotify now has this thing and i've uh i've chosen very consciously to be on spotify like i'm very happy to be on spotify uh great conscious choice but they now have a thing yeah. where like i can insert any music that i want into my podcast too so i can do it like um i'm like oh i'll just play with this radio show so like whenever i'm in my groove and taking these walks i'm also creating a playlist and i'm yeah. like this is like the evolution of like a mixtape so i made this mixtape the other week i i was making a mix for exercise and I literally my body was like okay these are the songs that you need to move and to groove because it was music that makes me want to move so I made this mix and then I I realized the other day I was like I can turn this into a chakra mix so I called it chakra size which is so offensive to anyone who follows the chakra system and who is of Indian um <laughs> it was an Indian background. It's like so. Would they offensive. be offended though? I think it's actually clever. I know that I would be. Um, maybe I shouldn't, but but it's it's basically like a chakra mix. You start at the root and then you like, or you start at the root and then you work. I'm like, you start at the root and you work your way well, up. People consider this the first chakra. I I wouldn't mind that. I mean, yeah. but it's like you know, it's like uh, disco inferno, of course, for like the burn baby burn, and then burn baby burn. It's just been in my head for months. Uh, thanks, Larissa, and then also, um, and then like grooves in the heart is obviously like the heart chakra, and then let me clear my throat by DJ Cool, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's on my sound playlist on Spotify. You guys, it's so funny. But it's good. Like it works. I literally like imagine the chakras opening as I go through each song and I try to like move. That's so good. The other day I was, I was on, I have an elliptical machine in the basement. It's like a really, you know, like a cheap one from Amazon. 
Um, yeah. So I was are amazing. Like those, they are really the are. The that I ever found because one like, of I my like favorite the of it. I like I the like... glide and you can actually, so like I dance on it and yeah, yeah. I, it's almost like if I was arms? a roller skater, can yeah, I could do arms on the cheap sorry fucking elliptical please i think it <laughs> i love the elliptical but um so alan was downstairs and i was like can you not look at me for like the next 45 minutes because i'm going to be dancing like weirdly and awkwardly and he was like sure is there any other way you dance <laughs> love you babe i was like this is why i love you so much i don't know anyway. do chinese men have any fucking rhythm though so wrong sorry <laughs> it's so wrong well he always makes fun of me for having no rhythm and like I'm like first of all I'm the best dancer in this family <laughs> by far by far I was on numerous dance teams in high school were you I was but it wasn't like official it was like this this thing called sports night which was like a all the girls in the high school competed. They were divided into two teams <laughs> and they, and for like four months, they practiced like song and dance, doing like this big show, doing like a song thing. And like all these, yeah. it was, it was like at the, our town was in, in the throes of sports night every year for four months out of the year. Um, and all the high school guys claimed they couldn't get laid around that time. I'm like, were you getting laid anywhere? Anyways. Yes. Okay. This is not like, I don't need to go down this road. <laughs> um, I can tell you that I, uh, I joined my dance team at school, but it was like, um, it wasn't a dance team. It was drill team. Right. And so it was like very regimented and I was in the South and in Texas. And I, as a size six was pulled aside for being one of the big girls who needed to have special weigh-ins and had like, there were about five of us who were pulled aside and we're like, we'll get in trouble if we let you be on the team. So, um, and I was so, um, I was mocked by the adult who was in charge of it. Um, like making fun Arma. of teenage girls who are already sensitive, not good. Um, Holy shit. So I, I don't dropped think I've out. ever been a size six, by the way. Uh, I think I was born a size eight. Anyway, it, it was, yeah. So like I, I joined dance because I loved to dance. Right. And so this yeah. was the place again, in that place of authentic expression, I'm like, cool, I get to dance. Um, and immediately like, you do not look like everyone else go over here. Um, and I quit and my parents have always Aww. felt badly that I quit because they felt like they didn't make me do anything. And I'm like, but being harassed by an adult, yeah, that wasn't I something. I feel like you're bringing up some real memories. I, I dropped out of ballet. I dropped out of like brownies, Girl Scouts. I dropped out of all of those things because there was some bitchy older woman who made some kind of comment about being a quitter, about being lazy. I remember I quit piano lessons and my piano teacher called me a quitter. She was like, you're a little quitter. I'm like, great, I will, I will make that a reality for everyone around me. And I just quit everything that I ever did because- it would get to a point where just something would make me feel so completely awkward uh, that I just wasn't comfortable. So I just. And what yeah. a different generation, you know, from us who are like, we're going to give our kids everything. It comes from this wound of being shamed by adults. That a part of your child. Part of me that just oh. like. <gasps> yeah. Um, and I love that we're talking about this because this has been the work lately 
it's been these wounded places that feel um, not like they've been untended, but uh, my friend Marilyn keeps saying, she's like, we're cleaning out the backs of the closet at this point in our evolution and in our recognition and consciousness. Like it's, it's the weird shit where, yeah, I'll process it in dreams, but I consciously like tap into it a little bit too. You had mentioned that you had such a vivid dream last night and it's really funny. I mean, you mentioned it personally and it's really funny because last night I said to myself, I was like, I really want to remember my dreams tonight. And I didn't remember a fucking thing. Oh, well, thanks. You can do that every night. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. They, they were so clear and vivid that I woke up and I wrote them down. I went back to sleep and it continued. That's the fucking best. Right? And I'm like, it was a concert, but I don't remember what the fucking concert was. But I was in section 345 and the Zuckerbergs, did I tell you this part? The Zuckerbergs were the ones who were getting me ready for the concert. And they were very small and they were serving me, like getting me dressed. But then at one point, like I remember like he and his wife were like there and they were very sweet and they were very like cuddly. But I remember like looking down at her and she was completely bald on top. And I'm like, this seems significant in some way. Um, Not that I know anything about the Mrs. Zuckerbergs of this whole situation but um like the detail i haven't analyzed it yet but i just remember like the details of it and trying to get to the concert and forgetting my coffee and um that is so (laughs) you know it's funny because i was like i didn't want to say this dream but now like i feel like last week i had a dream that elon musk was sought me out to date me secretly and I was so down (laughs) and I woke up the next morning I was like that's fucked up Jen like why was I so down and and I remember in the dream I was like well he's like the richest man in the world of course I'm gonna say yes take off richest man in the world I know nothing about his ethics I have or like second or whatever but let me acknowledge like that man's a fucking genius I bet for fucking Gemini mercurial mind like those would be great goddamn conversations like a man who has created everything fuck yeah I'd be down I don't need to be sexual but like no it was it was it was so funny because it was like he was like you're my new muse or whatever and I was like okay I was so happy to be it like it was so weird and the next morning I was like I'm not telling anyone about this dream because it means I'm obviously a fucking sellout and that in a in a second I so disagree I think your sapiosexual was all turned on by the idea oh yeah well yeah for sure great conversations I don't need to be (laughs) private parts like oh wow yeah no I I'm definitely sapio I'm definitely like need to need yeah to the entry that. to my heart is right up here thank you very much <laughs> you may earn the other two but like we start up here because uh and it's not about intelligence uh yeah i don't i don't know i'm playing with it all but mm-hmm. i love you so much by the way mm-hmm. i just love talking to you in this format hi everybody welcome to our podcasts hi hi oh, hey everybody um, I this love that is... we just jumped in with like not, yeah. uh, there, there are like one other thing that I wanted to talk about today, but uh, we don't have a format, I think, uh, to the Cosmic Mama listeners and to the Self-Consciousness podcast listeners. Hi. Oh my gosh. Um, I think a little bit, because uh, you've obviously heard our friendship uh, in full bloom over here. But being able to give you updates on our journeys in this um, wild fucking world where, um, God dang, I called it the bludgeoning of humanity recently, where like we're all just like 
being bloodied in our own ways. It's going to look like our own things, but like, what is this? So um, I think my intention, if I can have one for us today and for you guys who are listening, is just kind of a, oh, thanks. As Layla Martin said, reporting from the front lines. The front lines of consciousness. Isn't that good? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is... Yeah, this is where we're showing up. This is what uh, this is our experience, not yours. But I think in the awkwardness that Jen and I will share, it is so that you know, you're perfect, too. You don't need to hide. You don't need to apologize because uh, we are all just as fucking weird <laughs> and gross. Oh, weird. <laughs> and I told Jen before we were getting ready today, I'm like, well, I should wash my pits. And she's like, nobody can smell you. I'm like, I can. I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not going to show up here and be like, uh, one sense has to be numb to be here. So um, I don't mean to be gross in this and I don't mean to overshare. Uh, I want, I think, just the recognition to be that we do it out of this authentic expression desire to normalize it first for ourselves and then hopefully for others is that an okay absolutely and that that makes me feel so validated <laughs> because I literally was thinking over the last couple of days I was like I haven't put out an episode in a while and I was like I should put out an episode called like an episode called crazy and awkward um because it's just how I always feel for some reason and I think for a long time you know and I and I'm finally getting to a place where I'm um you know I'm I'm starting this qigong practice and and sort of strengthening the energy body and it's been really beautiful would you tell us who you're doing that with because I think uh, she's one of my favorite teachers in the world too not that yes. would you just it's, give a shout it's out Christine Christine Pratt mm-hmm. yes Christine. Christina Pratt. I, I'm and this is through um, Last Mask Center, the Last Mask Center, and the course is Energy Body Mastery, and it's being uh, facilitated and, and taught by uh, Langston Khan, who is amazing. God, can you be my best friend? It's the and third time that a Langston has come up this week, and I'm like, that is not a common name. Like, what the hell is not that? Not a common name. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Langston he's, Hughes. That's the only he's one. I Langston like. Hughes. Yeah. And I, um, and another woman named Audrey, Audrey LaRue is her, her last name. And the only, and, and it's just been, I think for me, it's just the right time. It's, it's not that it's new concepts I've never heard. They're putting it in a context that I finally am ready to digest. Mm. And, and I think it just, it came at such a, the right time. I mean, Larissa told me about it. Larissa, woo, shout out, told me about it the day before it was starting. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. Done, 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 done. So I joined it right away and it took a couple of weeks for me to actually like catch up to the live sessions, but, but doing the practice has been, has been really beautiful. I'm not just going to say beautiful because I think you're minimizing it. Like I have cheered you on because I'm like, holy fuck, like you're doing it. You're doing it. And not only like the, uh, because I think a lot of times we go into any type of practice or any type of thing with discipline and that's not it. It has to be desire has to be desire. That's exactly it. Because if the quickest way to get me to not want to do something is if someone tells me I have to do it. Nope. Just, just to be like, no, 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 fuck you. Don't, no one tells me what I have to do. Even if I have to do it, I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm just going to say no. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. But, um, but yeah, like it, it was, it really just, it came from, uh, inside deep inside and it, and it really just, everything made sense in everything that I've ever learned. And not only that, it confirmed 
my own visions of things. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but when I get visions of internal body, and there's only been a handful of times, it always shows up in like neon. It's like- Tell me first what internal body means. So when I'm looking at someone- the first time, one of the first times I ever gave a reading, I gave a reading at someone's house and I wasn't trained or anything. I was like, I think I'm going to do this. So I went to a friend's house. She was having a dinner party and I just kind of sat in the bedroom with people just kind of come in and I would just like give them readings. And one of the readings I gave was for this girl who, and I could see her heart. I could see the inside of her body and I could see that there was a split. And it was like one side was like bright neon and one side was like another bright neon. And, and I won't go too much further into it, but it, it was like, wow, very vivid. Second time I really saw it was when, and I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on this podcast, I was wearing a Moldavite and I was lean and I, and I, was, and I wore it to bed and I, I woke up as I was like turning in bed and I had a flash of what I had just been doing in sleep. And I was literally over my husband's body. His body was opened, not in a gross way, but it was open and I could see now what I can identify as meridians. I could see lines and dots and they were like neon. And I was like doing things with my hands. And when I woke up, I was, I knew that I had been healing him. I had been doing healing work on him. And I was like, wow. The person who never studies for shit forgets things all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like an expert at something. <laughs> it's just when I'm un- asleep and, and unconscious. Just when I'm unconscious of just, it. Yeah. So when I'm unconscious, I'm amazing. I'm such a healer. I would definitely call myself a healer, but only when I'm sleeping. <laughs> Funny, <laughs> I've been talk about with that. this term when you say the neon glow, and I didn't mean to interrupt. No, um, it's okay. But the bright darkness is what I've been working with lately. And it's... Yeah. It's the yin and the magneticism of the yin where there's not light, but there's still form that reveals itself. Instead of neon, because I think neon just just fills it in. You just just filled it all in. The bright darkness, because I'm, uh, Mm -hmm. the mysteries that I'm being called into, uh, it's the deep feminine mysteries. And I recognize like, that's where I want to fucking show up. That's where I want to be. That's, um... It's the bright darkness that keeps calling me in. That's exactly what it felt like. Because I think with most people whose abilities are coming online, I'm finding people who don't talk about this stuff are talking about it now. I know someone who for the last three, four years has been like, oh, that's that's cool that you have like visions and psychic stuff. And wow, that seems really interesting. And is now having her own and like like was like, oh my God. And I was like, Yay. I think everyone is finally having their own crazy experiences. At least this is from my experience with other people. And it, it's, it feels like it's coming online much quicker. I'm going to ask a question then. Do we get to the crazy without the awkward? Do we get to these? No, they have to be, they have to be together. Well, we have to be crazy. We have to get a little crazy. If we're going to survive everybody, I've been working on a, on a, on a GIF, on a GIF. I know I still don't know how to say it from seal. Like we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. It's 
the truest thing that has been coming up for me lately and always and the last 10, 20 years, because crazy is a construct. It is societal. It is medical, medical, which is also a construct, right? Mm. Not to say that it, that people are not crazy, but how we view crazy is going to really prohibit growth for a lot of people. People who have gone crazy and really, and, and you mentioned this in terms of like um, our little chili pepper friend about doing drugs, like just giving into the voices John because like, John Frusciante, everybody. Because yeah. I know someday he's going to come in and he's like, Andy, I've been looking for you for a long time. So um, we're, we're just putting it out there that like, um, I don't come to you like a fangirl. You find me. Honey. Yes. Thanks. That's how I want my whole world. Can we, can we bring in other people as well? <laughs> like, I don't even know. I don't even like know any other famous sort of hot people that I'm like, can you please come, just come. But um, I think that we have to, and, and for a long time, when, when I was working on psychic ability or training or meditating, I remember asking my guides, well, how do I know that I'm not crazy? And their answer has always been, you don't. You just don't. I want to go into this crazy thing because um, I know for me, in the path of priestess, crazy is where I've gotten lost many lifetimes. So outside of society that uh, the outcast, the persecution, the pain of that crazy has not ever been redemptive for me until this lifetime. Right. And this lifetime, I recognize crazy is just the iconoclast. And I've been uh, I've been playing with this idea for a podcast. So maybe this is where it wants to come. The iconoclast who must step outside of society to bring something else to the world. And that's kind of what I think crazy is, is I am not of mass consciousness. Fucking cool. I am not of mass consciousness. So you can put whatever labels on me that you want um, and I will try to not break under the, your judgment in this lifetime. You're experiencing both. We teeter the line. You know, we're, we're constantly in one world and in another. I mean, I think that's, that's another thing. On Tuesday, on 2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-
it is a video game and I Maybe could we see... use the word simulation instead simulation. of simulation. It's so funny because simulation was the word that was like right here and you got it. Um, and I was like, everything here is a simulation. Everything. And I also re- realized, and I won't go more into it than that, but I was like, oh, why? Well, I, I'd like to just keep it for myself. Got it. Okay, I think no I, I think that, Don't but the one not. aspect that I would like to share is that I did recognize um, that all of my memories. So one of the things I really try to hard to do in the Qigong is to really um, see my grounding root go down in and then just opening up my, my column and then really seeing it go up. And what I realized is my perspective about this is always slightly to the left or slightly to the right. Are you also what are you opening through your feet? No, like down through my root, like just allowing. Sorry. I just heard it. If you try to open your feet instead, it would work. Okay. Like even right now you can feel your feet chakra come online when you do that. Well, so I've been, and this is not a part of Qigong, but I'm almost using a somatic approach to a lot of the movements where I'm like, my body wants to do this. So what I'm, what I'm trying to do is like, okay. And I think of it like my feminine side, my masculine side, these, these sides, when I'm doing some of this, I have to sort of twist a little and rock to both sides until I can feel myself centered. And I know that that's one of the issues I've always had all of my memories. I can see myself from one side or the other. When I picture my memories, None of them are from the perspective of these eyes and this body. They are all slightly to the left or slightly to the right looking in. It's so very interesting of you. I was going to say dissociative or trauma response or, you know, just disassociating, just coming out of my body. And I, I mean, I know that that's an issue. I'm so air. Everything is air for me. It's like, I'm, I'm always kind of one or the other. And, and the message that I got is like, this is, this is just what my soul is. My soul is going to be a shift to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. And holding the, the density in the center is, um, Hmm. is something I have to focus on more because if I'm really off balance, I'm going to be way the fuck out here. And I don't know if that's for everybody, but for me, I, I just got that, that it was really like, I have to just be aware that I'm slightly outside or I'm slightly over here. So it's like, when I do imagine or visualize my root going down, I'm looking at it from like this side or the right side, and I'm never feeling it going down. So it's like my goal with, with Qigong right now is like when I'm doing any kind of grounding, actually not just the Qigong, I do another centering practice that I learned in my somatic class. And I'm just, I really, it's a real challenge for me to, to really be in this physical body. I mean, and on Tuesday, it was a little scary. Like I could see all my lives. I could see so much stuff. I felt like I was out of my body. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I really don't like this. I, I'd much rather be in this, but I, I definitely did not feel like myself on Tuesday. It was so weird. I think it was just that the veils were so incredibly thin and it was stuff that I haven't felt or seen before. As you're talking, I'm realizing that all of my memories are through feeling. 
I can tell you what I was wearing and I can tell you like how it felt. Every memory that I have is attached to like, how did I feel and where am I placed? I don't ever see it left, right, center. So that's fascinating as you say that. And my experience on Tuesday, I kept calling, it felt like amethyst energy to me. And it felt like my crown was very open and my highest self was allowed to like come in more. Um, and we, you can have that face. My other reality was I fucking mommed so hard that day. I was on fire with showing up for my daughter and doing the work. I did nothing spiritual for myself. I did nothing. Like I could tap into that. I can tap into it for clients. I have it for a few seconds. There was no point in my day where I was uh, able or had the time, like that wasn't how my day was set up. Um, and so I remember like going to bed with this little bit of like, oh God, like today only happens once in fucking thousands of years. Um, so it felt like this, I missed it in some ways. It felt also like I fucking showed up in my life in a way where I have not before. And I can be very proud of that. Um, and I also went to bed doing some pretty intense, uh, don't, let's not say intense. I did very intentional going to bed by 930, doing Egyptian chanting so that I could move into a dream space. I remember nothing. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, okay. <laughs> Did I miss so it? Did I miss it? So, um, that feeling, I hated that feeling. Everywhere online was like, and I was like this portal. I don't, I don't like all this pressure. Like, I'm not going to want to do anything. I was just doing, yeah. Like I was like, I was also the same thing. I was like, should I be doing something? Like, should I be sending an intention? Should I be doing this? And I was like, no, I'm just going to do the practice that I've been doing. And, and that's huge. Um, and I also recognize that the people that I love who I'm connected to spiritually, they did enough for all of us. It fed to me. It's fine. Like I'll, I'll just tap in when I need to. Uh, I want to get back to this simulation idea because uh, I think it's a necessary thing to just flush out a little bit more. Uh William Henry, I took a class with him recently, which just kind of like reminded me where I have either been cocooned and protected or asleep for two years. So I have been in a process of coming out of two years of depression. And so I'm calling this like, uh, oh, this is the ascent. Like I'm, I'm, I'm back and I choose to be back and life force is back and it feels really good. The simulation is none of this here is real. It's all story and perspective. The only thing that's true is divine. Your highest self, your soul self, your God self is the only thing that's real. All of this is just the simulation to play out experience of, of divinity. Absolutely. There was a moment that you just reminded me of where I was like, oh, you guys are watching us. And I could see all of the humans that are understanding and they showed me like the allegory of the cave. It's... Yep. And, and it's like looking outside of the cave is seeing all the fucking divine beings that are like at the controls, like at the controls, literally, I was like, like, it made me feel a little weird. I mean, I've always felt someone's watching me. I don't know if that's just because I grew up in innately paranoid, but I always felt 
Like, I was like, I don't want to masturbate because someone's watching me. Even if it's like a ghost or something, I was like, I never, I always knew. Boundaries. I know. I know. Right. Total boundaries. No boundaries in my house. I do have boundaries yeah. of spirit. And I'm like, you may not come into my bedroom. You may never yeah. come into my fucking shower. You come when I invite you. You're not allowed just to hang out, be outside and I'll come and check on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you'll come out. I'll forget that they're outside. Yeah, I do that too. But um, you're not allowed in my bathroom. That was no. a big one. Cause I used to have oh. so many beings who would come while so I was in the shower. Bad. And I'm like, fuck off uh-uh. I know please you guys I my my mom my grandma and my aunt Bertha were in the sh- were in my bathroom for a little while and I was like just weird can you guys like not that's weird I I did see something the other day and I think that it is I think it was a thought form I don't think it was an actual entity but I was doing my elliptical down in my basement and I saw what I can only describe as a giant it looked almost like uh, it looked like a Bigfoot with a tiny, tiny head and a ginormous body, like a tiny round head. And this is why I think it was a thought form. I don't think it was like a real thing, I, but I think it was something that enough people thought about and created, but it was walking through my bedroom the and Gollum I could see it in a shadow. What? Uh, the Golem of Prague. You, uh, the chronic girl gals were talking about this recently on their podcast or egregore or something like that. It was, and, and I heard her say egregore and I was like, is that what it is? Because that bit, it, it fucking walked through my basement. And I was like, Oh no biggie, just a giant shadow being like, like two stories high, just walking. And the thing, the part that really fucked me up is I looked down at my cat and he's like following it as it walked by. And I was like, holy shit. I wasn't scared of it at all. It didn't even acknowledge me or notice me. It was just passing through in whatever dimension. And I, what is an egregore? (laughs) Um, So let me say, I do not, the term egregore was totally new to me. What I can speak from is this golem of Prague energy that was created by the Jewish people. And it's this, uh, I don't know the tradition of it, but essentially if enough of us put our thoughts onto something, it will take form. So the golem of Prague was created by the Jewish, by the community, by the rabbis to protect Jewish people during that era. Um, so the idea or the ability, That's another word for it. it starts with an M I think. Ooh, I don't know. There's a, ju- like, there is a word for it. It's very yeah. old magic yeah. with a Super K. Old. This is very, um, in many ways, like very primitive ways of working with spirit and matter, which is that you create beings to do what you want them to do. Um, for me, I'm like, I don't know why I'd want to do that. Uh, I don't, I, uh, mm, no, <laughs> it feels, it feels highly irresponsible, at least to me where I'm like, uh, I can tell you, I've have at least seven places that I have been taught how, and I'm like, why would I do that? I, I think for me in this lifetime, it's more about like, can I do it all? It's about well, the integration. I- Yeah, I think those were made in a time when the consciousness really called for it because there was so much fear. And I think it was also when you had groups of people, organized groups of people, whether it was through religion or through land area or however they were grouped Uh, together. Like a scarecrow. There was a little bit of a, 
there was it like it feels like there there would absolutely have been a need to create this thing that you could all kind of depend on to protect you but i also but feel it's not like, always too, created for protection which is the fucking problem oh aggression it's created now by media saying like here's what's happening whenever there are 800 phones that are recording something else right so oh yeah Ooh. it shows up now in all kinds of ways so this shadow being who's walking through what the fuck is your intention keep on what walking buddy doing? yeah and it was just like doo, 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 yep. doo, doo. i can and, feel it. it's got really long arms yeah it, it looks like if you would see oh. like a large cartoon ape yeah with very long arms we're just walking through but in shot like in in shadow it was like a black shadowy thing it was so weird <laughs> it was funny i was just like oh hey no problem thanks for visiting while i'm exercising um and another thing i'm also noticing is uh when songs get in my head or a thought or something like i'm creating a lot of thought forms in my house this is why people should take saging and, and clearing out energy seriously. I, I'm just noticing this a lot more in the last year or two where I'll have a song in my head or I will have seen a clip about something that I'm for some reason ruminating on extra hard. No real reason other than just fascination. Like I saw an interview with a porn star and I was like, he's really hot. Like, and I couldn't <laughs> like, I don't know why I was thinking it was just in my head. And I was like, but over was he in my well bathroom. Hung? He actually wasn't. Um, he wasn't, but not a requirement um, for the porn industry. Any but longer. those eyes, let me tell you. Um, but his eyes, lady. <laughs> but like every time I went back, and then like I just again, it was like such a just trivial thought. And then when I, and then like when I left, I wasn't even doing. And then like a day or two later, I'll be in the same spot, and it'll pop in my head again. And so I know what is happening. It's like I'm creating this almost thought form bubble gel thing that stays there and then when I go back there that song or that thought is just goes back like I, I tap it right back into that that thought that I was having um, in the same spot the day before on my staircase the third stair from the top I have tripped probably about eight times within the last two months I've been in the house for five years has never happened before and I'm like what the fuck and then last week McKenna said something about it she's like mom are you doing that too and I'm like we're going to clear the fucking stair. Like something is clearly. Tricksters play with stairs. Stuck here and like yeah. very specific like location yeah. on the stairs. Um, and I love the way that you're talking about it too, because we can't see the subtlety of matter, but things are stuck in places because matter by its very nature is dense and sticky. So thoughts get stuck there, ideas, pains, wounds. It's not in this body that things get stuck. It's outside of us in these places mm -hmm. that we live too, because our house is a body and our state is a body and our exactly. planet is a body. Uh, so yeah, the need for clearing in some way, consciously choosing to do so, um, crucial. And what I will say also the realization of it was enough of a clearing a little bit. Oh, so totally. like yep. when, I was, when I was in there and I was like, dang, form it's like a fart that just stays in the air <laughs> just telling me yesterday uh she does school lunches and yeah. i was asking her what she had she's like i had a cheese stick <laughs> and carrots and i'm like that's not a fucking lunch like what is that and she's like well they serve cheeseburgers but they always smell like farts <laughs> 
<laughs> and she's like, the entire school smells like a fart for the day when they make cheeseburgers. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's worse than prison food of what we're giving our kids in public. And I'm like, I want you to take pictures because um, a cheese stick and carrots was um, what felt acceptable for lunch. So funny because it was like, I'm only going to eat an apple for lunch. And she brings her lunch. She makes her lunch. I'm like, nice. I'm always happy to do, to let them simultaneously feeling guilty so is in a <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, no. from kindergarten to eighth grade we had to make lunches every day so for her school lunch is the novelty to like eat there and eat their food this is like super cool and i'm like I don't know this. Uh, so i always hide things in her bag that she promptly throws out on the floor um so isn't it funny how like we are here from this like i'm gonna give you all of the best because i love you and they're like fuck you I they're like this is gross mom this is disgusting i don't know why you think i would eat it you don't know me <laughs> You don't know what I like, what I prefer. Oh, I know, same with, with my son. Like he, he he eats a school lunch and I always ask him what he ate and I never believe what he tells me, but he's like, it was like a stick. Now you're saying stick. I'm like, it was like a turkey stick and like a hoagie with like stuff on it. <laughs> There's a really good bored panda of like school lunch pictures of school lunches both from out throughout the world and here oh fuck so, fucking yeah, japan and korea have it made they do man oh they do God. give me a little kimchi on my tray oh my goodness i'll eat it even though it's made with seafood <laughs> you not like seafood normally well i'm i'm vegan for the most part okay for the most part but i i'll i'll have other stuff from time to time no, I need uh, what else all, was all on this your... cancer energy. I need as much like seafood, fish, even my collagen. I'm like, I need collagen from the sea. I do not oh, yeah. need animal. I was taking some of that. I was taking some collagen from the sea. And I don't know why I ch chose plant collagen now because like plant collagen doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I think it's bullshit. I've been taking like a plant, plant collagen, collagen. Sounds like an oxymoron, you know. <laughs> <laughs> plant bones. <laughs> Here you go. That's real. Just just drink some chlorophyll. I think I know. The closest you're gonna get. Oh my god, I have a friend who has is using something called Quinton's water. It's so fascinating. So Quinton's water, everybody. He has a herniated disc and or or it's like it's like basically all messed up. So the, the water, it's like, it's like injections directly into the spine, like directly into like around that. And it's sea, sea water or like plasma, like salt water, plasma stuff that is like, just goes directly into the body. And like his, he's like, I'm in a lot of pain, but my discs are absorbing the water so that they can. And I was like, and it was in, invented by some French guy in like the the 1900s and named Quentin, probably Canton, like yeah, in like, the French. French? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's fascinating. I was like, wow, I never, I never heard of that, but um, seems to be working, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Interesting healing methods, but like literally injecting seawater, and you can like drink it too. Yeah. Interesting. Q U I N T O N, everybody. Quinton's water. Oh, yeah. Then it is Quinton, isn't it? Quinton. Not a yeah. Quinton. <laughs> yeah. Quinton. Bonjour, je m'appelle Jennifer. Um, that was dumb. See, awkward. <laughs> but we all go there, and why do we judge it so oh, much? I know. I, I feel like it's human. 
Yeah. And I, and it's funny because when my kids are like, mom, you're so cringe or like, oh God, mom, you're so awkward. Or I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm more happy about it. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm happy that my kids think that something is awkward or cheesy because I'm like, it's just filled with so much. Lo- like, I love you so much. I'm, I'm so happy. And, that and I feel safe awkward. enough to be all of this part exactly. of myself around you. Yeah. So if I'm embarrassing you, um, I, I embarrassed my daughter really bad yesterday. We went to the ice cream shop and at the ice cream shop, they were sprinkling like true gold sprinkles on top of the ice cream. And I was like, oh my God, I want that. It's like, mom, stop. And, I'm, and so when the girl, lady would do it, she would hold up the ice cream. She's like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, yeah, And she's like, <laughs> um, so she was like totally playing along with me and just like fuming at, uh, and I'm like, the fact that my joy is that effusive you're welcome. I'm fucking charming <laughs> and I'm adorable. And the fact that I'm not crying in a bathtub after two years of doing that, you should be fucking happy about, please. <laughs> oh God. We're back to embarrassing you. I returned. I mean, like that's, I think that's the thing. It's like, because embarrassment when you are that age is goes straight to your core. And now we're so thankful for those moments when we can be genuinely excited and like thrown into a state of joy that it's like, fuck yeah, this is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I I can't wait to be embarrassed. You know, it's like, I mean, I do that with music in the car with them, you know, and they they literally will duck down. So my no daughter one at one point that. told me I wasn't allowed to dance in the car. And I looked at her and I'm like, fuck you. If nobody's around, there's nobody to be embarrassed from. Like, stop it. And I'm going to dance. And if somebody pulls up next to me, I'll stop because you've asked me to. But like, you can't be embarrassed by me when nobody's witnessing. <laughs> I will roll the window down. I would see, I would get so angry. I would get so dragon mom on them. I'd be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're going to tell me I can't dance in my car. And they're like, it's daddy's car. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, I'm the one who pays for all the gas. Um, how was acupuncture today? Oh, it was great. It was really nice. Um, I love my acupuncturist. Um, her name is Erin Kumpf. And she is, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's local to where I live. Oh, but she's, she's really wonderful. I think it's, she's got such a, she set up such a good energy in the space mm. and I don't, I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel, she doesn't make me feel stupid. She, you know, sometimes when you go to certain practitioners, whether it's a doctor or other healers, they can be like, have you been doing this? Why not? You know, but she's not like that at all. She's just, she's very open and she's, she's just so sweet. And, and it's like, I've walked into that place like late, the wrong, completely the wrong time. And, and they're all, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm, you know, like all over the place. And they're like, it's cool. We can actually fit you in something opened up. And I'm like, I walk into that place. It's like a, it's like a vortex of like beauty and, and like peace and serenity. And yeah, shoot, it's great. And you have your, you have your session after this. I have my session with my acupuncturist and it's her last time before she retires. Um, so there's this complexity to it today where um i was one of her first patients she was a client of mine many years ago so she got on this path because of a reading that came through that was so clear and now she's 
walking away from this path to go back to what she asked me about six years ago that she wanted to do. So like the complication is, and I, and I've like, she's a friend. And so I've reached out to her. I'm like, did I fuck up your destiny? Like, were you supposed to go and do this other thing all along? And then I told you not to, and you went and got your fucking doctorate. And now what? Um, she's going back to what she wanted to do originally, which is lovely. And she's multiple Gemini too. So like, um, I didn't fuck up her destiny. She has to do both. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's never any, you know, it's like, if that wasn't going to be a straight path to what she was supposed to continue on, like she, as a Gemini, like you gotta go over here That's and it. see what's going on. Going you, you over have there to see what's going on. So, um, oh, yeah. So she sent me a message and she's like, it's my last day. Would you come in? So I don't know if I'm her last, last client, but, um, we'll, oh we'll close it out. So right. Beautiful. Oh, I like, I always, that's, it's such a special practice, you know, she's the I, only acupuncturist who I've continued going to because she's that fucking good. Um, yeah. other ones. And still when I'm laying there, I'm like, my whole body goes into a panic of like, they're going to fucking stick needles in me. Why did I do? Um, I literally go into a cold sweat every time wondering what I've done, um, <laughs> with her. I trust her. And she's really um, gifted at what she does, and uh, she's walking the fuck away from it. So, okay, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. It it exists in a thought form, in perpetuity. <laughs> it will always be there. There is no time. Can you give me a treatment that will last three years today, please? <laughs> like, can you fix me today, please? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um. You know, it's, it's so funny. Cause it's like, I, I don't know how to explain acupuncture to people. Like it's, it's, it's a passive form of healing. It has to be, it's a, I would not say it's passive. I mean, I know like you're seeking shit inside of you and, but, but in terms of like, you're getting the energy to move in a certain way, or you're getting the, the sort of, you know, all of the meridians to sort of have well, you ever seen what happens when you're aligned because they, they all shake. Like someone, one of my acupuncturists once took a video of the needles in my back and she's like, you can see them. They're all like, they all start kind of like shaking at the same time. And she's like, that's what you're looking for. And you can see it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause you never look at it. Cause if you look at it, you're kind of like, you're sitting there, you look like fucking, yeah, you're out of hell. You get all these things sticking out. And then you're like, it's like, you lift up your arm and you're like, I always close my eyes. I'm like, I don't want to see anything at all. <laughs> or it's yeah, but it's it's such a it is a I feel like it's it's really it can be really magical. It's so normal though for like my husband and his family. They're like, oh whatever. It's like going to the dentist, you know. Um, I I've had amazing acupuncture treatments that can change everything in my life because it is that subtle body. And so as we talked about these thought forms that are in our house, same thing was like the subtlety of the energetic system within us, how that energy is supposed to be flowing. Um, and I fell in love first with, uh, five element acupuncture which is like the old, old stuff. And it's the spiritual stuff. And the names of each of the points are like these lovely fucking, um, the crest of God. Um, like they have crazy names in that acupuncture. So I'm always um, asking to, because she does have that understanding as well. I'm like, ooh, ooh, tell me the name of that one. She did a treatment on me one time. I may have talked about it on my podcast. Um, 
It was called The 13 Ghosts. And it was after that very short relationship that you know that I had that was not good. Um, The 13 Ghosts, it was a full depossession protocol that was fucking intense where like, if you do it wrong, death could occur type of thing. So like we called in so many big guides to be able to see that, but it was like opening each of these things where demons could hide in your body. 13 ghosts. Oh uh, my God. I love, um, I love medicine that's that old and that tested. Yeah. And oh, there's one funny. point on the body that like, if you cannot fix somebody through this point, death is the only outcome. Like, um, and I don't remember what the spot is. I know that it's one of them on the back. I think it's like right shoulder. But like, if you cannot get a person to come into balance there, mortality is like the likely thing. Isn't that cool Whoa. that there's like that much knowing of things, but like that's the like cure all. And if you cannot get that one to come in, that was great. Like it feels right. Fine. Like all these points need to be like, they need to be connected. They need to be, you know, they need to work. It's like, you're looking at a cosmos inside of you. I mean, that's legit what it is. It's like, there is a cosmos inside it's of you. Let's do acupuncture too. No. No. Yeah, I think that that would appeal to him. I I see him when he's older being more into like health and 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 all that stuff. I think for now he's just he's happy having like six chocolate chip waffles for breakfast every morning. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> twat waffles. We got back there, huh? <laughs> chocolate chip twat waffles. <laughs> Courtesy of the slits. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Wa- waffle. I feel like I want to say twaffle. Twaffle. Yeah, that'd be good. Twaffle. Twat. Twat. Get freaking <laughs> twat. What are you talking about? Oh, God. I love it. <laughs> wow. You did it. <laughs> you were you were shuffling some cards. And I actually pulled this this deck out. Oh, so I'm like, um, what I, we... uh, one thing that I do want to cover today because it came up, um, yeah. and this was a teaching that I got from Tracy at Starseed Souls, who does fucking amazing galactic astrology. Like what in the Ooh. world, Tracy? I love you. Uh, and, and somehow you need to share this today. Chocolate and weed come from the Pleiadians. I've heard you say that before on your podcast. And isn't that good of like, oh, yeah. hey, permission granted to do both of these things. There's yeah. no. Um, I, I've i been getting that lately too. Yeah. I think for me, my issue is excess. My issue has always been excess. It's a personal issue. It's a family. It's an ancestral issue. But for me, weed is a problem when I do it in excess. But when I do a little bit regularly, I'm fine. I guess it's what you call micro, what the kids call micro dosing. And, and, and I've been getting messages like lately, that's like the only thing that's making the weed a problem for you is you, because you're the one who's got this like 1980s Nancy Reagan devil on your shoulder who's like, just say no. So there's this like My weird. My dad uh, grew weed when I was younger. Yeah. I heard you say that on Chronicles. I didn't know that. And so there's, this, but there was like the brainwashing of society at that point in time where they were telling you if your parents were doing these things to turn your parents in. Um, and like, that was such a moral God. complication for me as a child of like, 
am I like the authorities say uh, dad is bad. The authorities say I ne he needs to be punished. Um, and yet like he's my daddy and he's not he doesn't seem bad. He doesn't seem wrong. I love your dad. I love my dad, too. Hi, dad. <laughs> not like my dad has ever fucking listened. Let's be real. But I love my dad, too. Sorry, don't feel bad, dad. You're, we love you, too. Does your dad listen? Do we have one dad who I might? I don't know. I think he does sometimes. I, 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 on his phone, I made him follow follow the the. the okay. Are you on Spotify yeah. as well? I am. Great. I am. Then I want to make sure that everybody knows on Spotify we now have ratings as well. So you can rate our podcast because it was only Apple who had ratings. And that was the way that we uh, got a little more credibility for what we do. So anybody who's yeah. listening... Um, through Spotify, you can see the video and uh, you can also rate us, which we would love for you to do pretty please. Um, if you say that we're shitty and give us one star, don't rate us. Just you should have stopped like 40 minutes ago. Okay, fair. If you want to give us five stars, show up. If it's anything less, just don't. <laughs> if you don't have a nice rating, don't rate at all. <laughs> right? Isn't that what grandma used to say? If you can't give a five star rating on Spotify, don't give a rating at all. Anything less than five stars is not uh, <laughs> not helpful for us. I mean, I've rated my own podcast a couple of times, and uh, yeah. Did you give yourself five stars, Jen? I did. I just thank you. I deserved it. Thank you. <laughs> that was. Did you pull a card over there for us? Not yet. I I have like. Um, I know What's it's the hesitancy. word I want to use. I know. I was like, is it like trick, like a trigger? Like I'm, I'm nervous to pull the trigger. What's, what's that? So phrase? I'll tell you what I'm pulling. What came up over here, okay, <clears throat> which is the page of wands and the hierophant, which I kind of love because uh, mm. that page of wands energy is like we're all coming into this place of healing and of self. None of us know the right way. None of us know how. None of us are any further ahead than anyone else. It's the authenticity that's going to matter. Um, and in this page of wands energy, it's very sweet, that moves into the Hierophant. We're all becoming our own masters. Nobody knows better than you. Nobody is more successful than you. Nobody, um, and I think especially in the spiritual arena, it gets really challenging because we're like, how should I have a successful spiritual business? Bitch, nobody can tell you that because it's you coming forward that will claim the success or the expression or the joy of being who you are. But I have a very hard time with... Uh, you know, success coaches in that way where all that they want to do is drive up the dollars and then we call the dollars successful. Um, and I know one person who I do consider very successful. If she has four people in her container and charges them $6,000 a piece, that is what she does. And I'm like, oh, I don't, uh, I, I don't look at the numbers. I look at the impact. Uh, and maybe that's not fair either. I don't know. So I just, uh, Please don't judge yourself. But you're your own master. Yeah. Say that again. Ju don't judge yourself. What did you say? Against others. No. <laughs> Rewind. That's what? Well, I pulled the knot of Isis. Knot of Isis. Shut the up. Energetic stabilization with the buckle of the beloved. Um, I will also remind everyone. Um, I don't know enough about the buckle of Isis, the belt of mm -hmm. Isis, the knot of Isis. That's the word that I'm looking for. I'm sorry. Uh, I know you're not a fan of this, but I'm going to. It's usually very related to the menstrual mysteries, which is part of what we were talking about today. Um, the redness is the blood. Oh, I was going to say, hence my reason for going to acupuncture. Too much information. 
the blood? Well, you know, okay. that, that perimenopause, whatever. I, I'm happy to talk about perimenopause. It's, it's fucking insane. Um, and Jen and I are the same age. Uh, mm-hmm. Jen and I are not just the same age. We were born within a week of each other. Yep. Is that it? Um, so fire dragons over here. Mm-hmm. 76. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, so the fact that you're in perimenopause and the fact that my uh, menstrual is still like, show, oh yeah, um, I very consciously worked with my eggs a few years ago to clear out ancestral patterns because I thought for sure I'd be having another kid. And now I'm like, I like my vagina just fine. I like my slit just where it is. I think I'm good. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I am not anywhere near perimenopause. I am still oh, going good. strong. Yeah, I, this is a very this is very much like in this was this comes from the women in my family for oh, sure. Does it? Okay. There's definitely then there's also an intertwining of um, uh, so hormonal imbalance leading to mental destabilization and and all that. Crazy. We're back That's to a huge crazy part. And awkward, huh? Back to crazy and awkward. I mean, it's a huge part of the the history of my family, and I think. Uh, I think that that's, I just think that hormones are overlooked in such a, I think they have every way such an impact because men don't Um, need to pay attention to. Yeah. Although I am curious to know men's hormonal, um, reality. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, I know that men go through menopause. Like I've seen it. I've seen them go through menopause and I know they go through cycles as well. They go through their own cycles. So I feel like, you know, we should know what those are. Um, just quickly, not of ISIS. It's, um, it's just a relationship to the special energies of the goddess. It means that not only do you have the important spiritual task of helping her thrive in this world, but you are afforded her power, protection, and abundance too. You deepen your connection to her. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, And I'll just add to that in my own practice right now, like the only goddess who I'm interested in embodying is me, my highest self, my divine self. I've cut off everything else because that feels necessary. So am I a vessel for my own divinity to be on this planet? That's uh, where I'm seeking to show up because all of the other ones were just practice before we got here. Yes. And I will, I will also just say the one thing that came through really strong on two, two Tuesday, uh, we're here for the nervous systems. Ooh. Okay. We're here for the nervous systems. We're here to fucking feel it all because only in these, these meat suits with these intensely well-developed and evolved nervous systems, do we get to experience what we experience? And that's why we play this game. That's why we're in this simulation. Because we get, feel, we get the nervous systems. Yep. To feel all of it. So uh, when it's been suggested in the past that maybe me going on some level of antidepressants would be a good idea, I'm like, no, 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 I need, I need to feel it all, which I know f- is awfully scary and confrontational to people who um, I, I celebrate. Um, and in this last death process that I was in... <laughs> Because, you know, that's just real. Uh, The last ego death that I was in, um, at one point in the sickness, because there was another round of COVID that went through my house. uh, I remember at one point I was like, wee! And I got there with like the death. And I was like, the death is just as fun. Like, can I just like throw it all the fuck in instead of like resisting the sickness and resisting the decay and like being scared of whatever this is? Could I go into it with just as much joy as I do an orgasm? 
and remember that death is just as sexy and that my light is not uh, my only value because that's what I've been working on, uh, that I only am allowed to show up when I'm bright and shiny and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm uh, all of me is Dark and uh, lovable fuzzy. and fuckable and beautiful and deserving of expression. In all of those flavors, all the gold sprinkly dust all over, <laughs> everything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love you, Jen. I love you, Andy. Um, I love you, everyone who uh, chose to hang out with us and listen because uh, thanks. Yeah, you want to talk fucking non sequitur? You want to talk no game plan? You want to talk, uh, talk ADD? Real? Yeah. That's where we showed up today and uh, hopefully permission granted for you to do the same for listening and watching. Bye y'all. Bye.